Welcome to Sharing Social, the monthly show that connects the people behind the hashtags with content, ideas, and insights. Hi, I'm Ian. And I'm Becca. If you're new to Sharing Social, welcome. And if you've been going along to our meetings, then welcome back. We started in 2018 as a monthly meetup and something we really want to revive when it's safe to do so, and then transitioned to online, and then more recently launched the podcast. Each show, we're going to be talking all things social media, topics like video, personal branding, Facebook ads, influencer marketing, TikTok, social listening, together with plenty of news, plenty of knowledge, and heaps of inspiration. Welcome to episode two. Today, we're going to be chatting a little bit about identifying your audience on social, and we're going to be later joined by a very special guest. So let's kick off with a question. So here it is, Becca. If I want to target young people, should I just stick to TikTok and Instagram? Not necessarily. I think it's very easy to think that's the first place you'll go and maybe the only place you'll go. Um, but it's important to think about the user intent of your audience and the product that you are promoting if it's a product. So let's take an example. If you had a productivity tool that was aimed at, say, students and young people, then is TikTok and Instagram going to be the place where they're receptive to that kind of content? Probably not. So if you could think about maybe bringing LinkedIn in, for example, or you could think about how you're spending your ad uh, budget. So if you're going to publish these ads on TikTok, running them at 2am is maybe not going to be the best because sure people will probably be on uh, TikTok at 2am if they're in that age category but are they going to be signing up for your new productivity tool no so it's all about looking at how they're going to be using the platforms that you're considering and if actually um, when they're spending time on ones you might not be considering such as LinkedIn could they actually be more qualified when they see your ads there all right so it's not just about where the audience is located and what platforms uh, that they use. It's about the message. Uh, it's yeah. about, as you say, the product. So what kind of products would work well? Let's say, you know, your, your, your key audience is young people um, and you're thinking, I want to run ads around sort of 2 a.m. in the morning on TikTok. What would work then? If you wanted to run ads around 2 a.m. I mean, that's not um, a usual thing we say, is it, with clients? Don't say, I need to run ads no. at 2 <laughs> Um, so it's an unusual question, but what would work at 2am? Um, so the thing that comes to my mind is like gaming ads. So what are people going to be doing? They're probably like YouTube actually comes to mind of those like mid-roll ads of the latest game or mm -hmm. like mobile games I'm thinking as well. Um, they're a good thing to to be running at that time of night because they're more likely to capture your audience's attention at that time. Like, oh yeah, that looks good. Or if there's a discount, say, or a sale on a online gaming store, perfect timing. But whereas maybe midday you do something like the productivity tools like you mentioned earlier. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Okay. Um, all right, well, let's go back to some of the, maybe there's some data as well we can get uh, talk about. What platforms do tend to work better for younger people? Is it TikTok and Instagram or actually should we forgive, 
forgetting about age when it comes to social platforms? So as a general rule, I would say that, yes, most young people are going to be spending their time on TikTok and Instagram. Um, But that's not to say that those platforms are exclusive to young people. You're going to have people of all ages across all of the platforms, actually. What you have to consider is maybe the length of time they spend on the platform will be different. You might have... um, say somebody in the like 18 to 24 category, they could spend a whole hour on Instagram per day versus somebody in an older age group who is spending like only half an hour or or even less. And same goes for, um, say, Facebook. Definitely, uh, we see the older age groups spending a lot more time on Facebook. It's kind of a platform that they know very well, they feel very comfortable on. Whereas TikTok... Those people are still there, but they're only just, they're kind of in the discovery phase in that platform. So aren't going to be using it for as long at the moment. So let me put you on the spot a little bit, uh, Becca. We've been speaking about, you know, young people, but how old is a young person? And that's important, I think, from when we've been segmenting demographic, age demographics. Where would you classify a young person as? Or or what, what is the age range of people who use TikTok? The primary... Um, audience segment for TikTok at the moment is 13 to 24 year olds. They are the primary audience. So um, it kind of plays into that stereotype, I think, that everyone has, uh, that we're moving away from a little bit, but that TikTok is just for teenagers and it's just a bunch of funny dances. Um, But I think, especially in the last three months, we've seen that that's not the case. And there's so many more people on the platform using it. There are. Um, we've got some stats in front of us here. These are from, I think, Statista. And almost, if not every platform, major platform, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, LinkedIn, the 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 most predominant age group is uh, 25 to 34, mm. um, which is maybe a surprise. I don't know. So LinkedIn follows you throughout your whole career, right? So once you get your first job, likelihood is you're going to create a profile and then forever continue populating it as and when you change um, jobs or learn new skills. Another reason why that age group is so prominent across all of the platforms is if you think about how social media has changed and how the internet has changed, people between 25 and 34 have witnessed um you know, the chat rooms that used to happen, they've lived through MSN, they've seen the beginning of Twitter, they've seen Facebook um, kind of reach its popularity peak and now questionable popularity. Um, So they've got used to having lots of platforms on the go and having multiple platforms. I think um, a couple of years ago, people would have their sort of preferred, oh, I'm just an Instagram user or I'm only using Facebook. And now it's much more normal for people to um, use a variety, definitely use it in different ways, but not be exclusive to one platform. Yeah, I think people have understood now that um, platforms work in different ways. And, you know, I use Facebook, for example, on a bit more of a downtime. I use LinkedIn when I'm, let's say, you know, conversely on uptime, um, more kind of work related. Um, equally, you know, in, uh, Instagram, personal, Twitter, professional. Um, so 
I use them all. And I think that is the case. People aren't necessarily loyal to one because they understand the important differences between them. It's an interesting point you made earlier about LinkedIn being part of people's lives, right through from, let's say, an employable age um, up to retirement. And that's, that's I had never really considered LinkedIn's you know, longevity. Um, am I right in thinking that Facebook, though, is more associated with, say, an older generation, dare I say it, people of my generation <laughs> and 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 less so of, of those who would be in the kind of 24 and unders is that is that right yeah I think that is right and you'll find definitely if you were putting together a marketing campaign and you wanted to target people younger than 25 you'd still be able to access them um, but it would be through Instagram which is obviously a part of Facebook um, I think now it's quite common for people under 25 to perhaps they do have a Facebook account, but it's rarely used. Um, or I, lots of Generation Z do not have Facebook accounts. You can target them through Instagram, but they don't have Facebook accounts. It's like, why would I have one of those? I've got TikTok, Instagram, Snapchat. Snapchat, I think, is a platform that we kind of think oh, that's over and done with now. But actually with Generation Z, it's still very, very, very popular. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, I'm looking at the stats and I, I realise that our listeners can't see these. You'll have to visualise them. Although uh, with Facebook, um, the, the biggest group, the biggest cohort uh, within age 25 to 34, actually um, less than 50% make up um, under 34s more than 50% are over 34. So all the other age groups added together that are older actually make up a lot more of their demographic. So yeah, Facebook definitely is, um, say for the for the older people relative to the other social media platforms. And with regards to things like location, in Europe, it's fairly similar. In fact, the UK, 66% use social media, 60% in France, slightly higher in the USA at 70%. So you know, from from more common places that uh, our listeners may be targeting, it's a fairly even split in terms of social media usage. A lot of our stats today have come from Statista. Um, highly recommend that as a source of data. Um, but if you want to go and do your own research, um, Becca, what, what, what would you recommend? I would sign up, go to all of the platforms that you're considering using. And so many of them will regularly, usually like once a quarter, release um, a report which will give you give you a breakdown of how people are using the platform, the age groups, what the um, what their interests are, as well as facts of like, um, for example, how long your Instagram video should be to get the most performance. Um, I'd really recommend that. The other thing I would always look at is if you already have social accounts look at your actual audience that are engaged, go into the native analytics of the platform, see who's engaging with you, and then look at those demographics there to understand more about how you can tailor your content. To mm, great. And if uh, any of our listeners have got some great sources of, of this kind of data, uh, maybe some favourite blogs, we'd love to know. You can tweet us at ShareSocialLDN or we're on Instagram at SharingSocialLondon. Coming up next, we have an interview with our special guest, Andy Lambert, who is the director at Content Cal. And he is going to talk to us all about identifying your audience. Welcome, Andy. Thank you for coming on the show today. Do you want to give us a little bit of background into who you are, where you work, 
what your current role is and what your day-to-day looks like lots of questions to start off with yeah right well let's let's keep it keep it nice and brief and thank you for for having me part of this becca really appreciate it so yeah um i'm andy lambert my role is uh, director of growth um, which is always ironic because I'm like five foot seven. So um, like the smallest one in the company at a company called Content Cal. I'm um, one of the, the founding team members and my responsibility has been um, growing and developing our market uh, ever since we launched about four years ago. Um, I've been in marketing prior to that, prior to, to becoming one of the founding team members. And uh, yeah, and now this was an opportunity to kind of both like indulge my passion for marketing and um, try and create a business at the same time. So it's been a, a fascinating journey, that's for sure. Um, so being a UK founded company, um, we're against a lot of very big competitors from across the pond. But um, yeah, it's, so far it's been it's been a both an interesting journey and one that um, personally whilst it's a long way from over, hopefully, um, feel very proud of, right? We're now used by about 40,000 businesses in 140 countries. So yeah, it's grown and it's predominantly been grown through content marketing as well, which makes us all doubly proud. That's really lovely. And when you're like at the moment with your day-to-day, you're working remotely, what does your day-to-day look like in terms of like how much time are you spending doing this? How much time is on like behind the scenes at Content Cal? How much time are you filming content? Because I know you do a lot of very exciting webinars, videos, social media updates and news. How, how does that look like? Or what does that look like in your day-to-day? Yeah, so um, without sparing, sparing all the gory details, but the, the start of my day is always focused on um, checking all social channels to see what people are saying about us. Um, we're hugely um, mindful of our reputation in the market because it's it's one that's hard won over a number of years of you know fantastic service and incredibly friendly people. Um, you know things like that can be lost in a moment. So very mindful of checking everything. So I've, I search the word content cal across every social media platform, including things like Reddit and YouTube. Who's mentioning us? What's being said about us? Um, and there are, there are other tools you could use to do that, but I, I quite like doing it manually. And I always interact with, with individuals. So that's always the start of the day. The day will vary then between finding other partners that we can work with to help distribute our message. So working with other organizations that, you know, that have a, a similar interest in content marketing to see whether there is mutual opportunity to work together, which will help kind of spread the message further of Content Cal. Um, outside of that also, um, focusing heavily on product development, as you can expect, right? Understanding what our customers are really struggling with in terms of content marketing, what are the things that are new in the world of social uh, and how can we incorporate that into content cal to make marketers' lives easier? So that's a huge part portion of it. And also the, the final part of it, which is, as you say, which is just keeping uh, an ever-present uh, voice in the market regarding content cal so we we do lots of educational orientated content and that that's been huge for us over the last year the education pieces yeah has, has seen us generate a huge amount of interest we launched something called the academy um, yeah. that was really good and these uh, monthly social media update webinars are getting upwards of 400 people to turn up live now which is re- really encouraging it <clears throat> excuse me it just kind of really creates a a fantastic reputation for the business um and it makes me personally feel very proud and happy because you know as 
I always feel like there's it's a nice circular economy when you can learn and develop your own knowledge and be able to share that with others. Completely, completely. I think that's one of the joys of working in social media, right, as well. And new things happen, learning about it, putting it into action and being able to share that with your community as well. And what a great community the Content Cal community is as well. I've never seen such a like lovely bunch of people who are willing to share their insights. It's really, really great. Um, leading on from that, talking about our topic for this session, which is identifying your audience on social media. When you're starting um, a campaign within Content Cal or perhaps people who are using the platform, are there any specific tools that you would use to learn more about your target audience or what would be your first step in that process? Yeah, there's there's two that I I go to. Um, so one is is a free tool and it's uh, it's another kind of UK founded business. It's called Keyword Strategy Tool. And anyone that's involved in SEO would typically you know, start with something like this, because for me, it's it's always the best way to get inside the heads of your customers. So going on to Google and YouTube and understanding what people are saying, what are the questions people are asking? Yeah. Fundamentally, you know, content marketing is all about trying to answer questions proactively, questions from a target audience, the things that people really want to learn. So Keyword Strategy Tool helps you surface all of those questions that are being asked across Google and YouTube. And for us, that's like the baseline of where our content comes from. So that's that's where our kind of help content is, is founded, uh, as long with like other intelligence that we get from like listening and speaking to customers and uh, constantly having like customer forums and that kind of stuff. But in terms of a tool, that's definitely the one that we go to. In addition to that, the other tool that I've actually fairly recently come across, because there's a few tools in this space, but this one is my personal favorite at the moment. It's a tool called Mentionlytics. And as the name suggests, it kind of jives with what I was saying just before about like looking how often that we're spoken about and the sentiment mm-hmm. of our business. It's that kind of thing. It's social media listening. And the thing that um, I'm really passionate about and I talk about loads is trying to get marketers and social media folk to think about actually it's not just about your own channels, the things that you're putting on, you know, the content cow branded channels, which are important, right? And building yeah. the content for that audience, which you could find through keyword strategy tool, but thinking about what others are saying about you and how you can leverage that further. If like every day someone's writing a new review about us on a blog somewhere and you want to think, well, that's that's incredible. Like how can we do more of that? Like could we could we do like a like a little podcast together or could we do a webinar together? How can we amplify um, what you're already saying about us? And it's, yeah. it's a kind of typical influencer strategy. But when I say influencer, I'm not talking like, you know, the, the Kylie Jenner's of the world. I'm talking about <laughs> like, um, you know, the the ones that like like how you and I collaborate, how our businesses yeah. work together. It's for kind of mutual benefit. So so that's for me, like the two tools that really help understand uh, what our audience are into, what they're listening to. Because don't forget, like on a tool like Mentionlytics, you can also track your competitors, hashtags, other keywords as well. So, you know, uh, if people are talking lots, so if I see like a really popular video about content calendars, for example, on YouTube, (laughs) I'll be reaching out to that YouTube creator to see if there's ways we can work together. That's really, really exciting. And I think um, social listening is such a vital part of the process, isn't it? And I'm very excited. I'm going to give both of those tools a go because at the moment, I think 
I've been searching for a social listening tool and I just feel like nothing quite hits the spot. So thank you for sharing those. Pleasure. Um, Pleasure. Once you have got to know your audience a little bit more, what do you do to help identify which platform is probably going to be the best for those audiences? Brilliant question. So before that, um, what kind of sits between these two stages is making sure you have a real clear persona document. So ultimately having a real clear picture and write it down, stick it on your wall as to the people that you're trying to target, give them a name, you know, to really humanize it. Because sometimes it's easy to forget when you're penning yet another social or blog post or whatever, Mm -hmm. that you're actually writing for someone. So um, that's always a critical piece. But um, in terms of of like answering your question directly, like what platforms, for example, um, I always kind of, check the the data within each each network because i'm always googling like instagram demographics or um, yeah. snapchat or tiktok demographics and actually um I'll, I'll drop a competitor's name here but i thought the report's really good like hootsuite put out their digital 2021 report last week and it has some incredible data points re- regarding social media demographics and how they're shifting yeah is um you know, it's it's hard to know because it's changing so rapidly. So it's hard to give a an answer that will stand the test of time. But a report like that, just a Google like Hootsuite Digital Trends 2021 um, mm-hmm. and uh, you'll find it. So that will give you a, a, a clue. But there's also if you use things like um, like Mentionlytics, going back to that, you'll see where your competitors are really strong and you'll see where you're potentially not. So I spend a lot of time looking at things like share of voice. For me, I think that's a really important metric when it comes to content marketing. Basically, it's the measure of how often you are mentioned compared to competitors, which for me is like that's the that is the critical thing when it comes to, yeah. to content marketing, right? Not not engagement or or likes or shares or clicks. It's actually that is the kind of governing thing. More people are talking about you, you're gonna do better. But anyway, so I'd look at where, and this is a real life example, like if I compare us versus our competitor Hootsuite, for example, they're really strong on Twitter. And actually, there's no point, even though our audience is probably on there, there's really, are we, are we going to, to have a stronger and louder voice on Twitter versus Hootsuite? Potentially not. But where mm-hmm. Hootsuite don't do anything, and you find this stuff through tools like Mentionlytics, is that you'll see that Hootsuite aren't very big on YouTube and Instagram. And considering they're two of the biggest growing social media yeah. platforms currently, you know, that to me is a bit of an open goal because I, I tend to use those kind of insights like competitor insights to help define our channel strategy because realistically your audience because the demographic has shifted so massively over the last year all generations are on um are across all platforms there's 55 year olds growing as the fastest segment on tiktok for goodness sake you know (laughs) based on that information your target audience is everywhere yeah so um yeah that would that would be my answer i suppose it's nice isn't it because why fight where your competitors are look for the opportunities elsewhere and how you can use that to your advantage um thank you that was a great answer so do you think when you're when you found these opportunities and have spotted okay maybe there's a gap on tiktok or instagram that we can kind of put our money where our mouth is so to speak do you think it's better to have a presence at least across all platforms still even if you're not focusing on producing as much content there or do you think just just put all your eggs in one basket (laughs) basically i get this question a lot so um here's my personal opinion and bear in mind this is 
like anything in the world of social media, it's based on opinion, not not fact. But yeah, um, and this is based on, and there is some success that's that's driven this opinion too. So it's not entirely made up. But <laughs> um, with that caveat out the way, um, for me, content marketing is all about distribution. It's all about to- it's content marketing lives at the top of the funnel. So by its very nature, it needs to be as wide as possible. You know. Um, there's there's a there's a phrase which is like an inch deep and a mile wide and that's mm-hmm. typically where content marketing for me needs to be where you're like you need to be across everywhere and distribute as far and wide as possible however there is always going to be a platform where there's like a the perfect venn diagram of where your audience are and where you're really comfortable as well so in our example, right, that's that's uh, LinkedIn, for example. That's my personal choice. So whilst we're across all of them, we're really deep on LinkedIn, engage with everything, yeah. involving conversations. And it will be the same for others. Like some people are more, you know, okay with TikTok or, or Instagram. You'll definitely have a platform where, where you know you get good results and definitely stick with that. You can't do... you. The, the very nature of focus you can't do more than one thing very well you know that no. is that's just yeah. so so definitely have one platform which you do really well that you really enjoy but don't forget to distribute wide because there's opportunity everywhere but then the third piece to that that adds a, a kind of different flavor to it is like when you're thinking about new platforms don't just think about oh right i need to be on that platform and it needs to be different content like for example tiktok is entirely different right or if you're going to go onto instagram and start doing reels you can't yeah. just you, you can't just take your normal content format which you would have put out to your insta feed or your your twitter or facebook or whatever it's it's a different approach so for us the kind of approach that we're taking with something like tiktok is actually wading into it through creators so working with other creators actually to who who already have an audience talking about the the kind of right message so in our case content strategy content planning working with creators and then having them kind of link back to our profile where we don't actually create anything we'll just curate stuff and have creators talking about us because for us you know there is opportunity and there is our target audience on tiktok but fundamentally um because i'm typically one of like the face of the business and one of the main content creators I don't want to be on TikTok personally. It's not, it's just not my jam. So um, I need to be comfortable with the fact that I don't want to be on there, but actually the business should be. So mm-hmm. yeah, that's the kind of way I've reconciled that by working with creators. That's really, really good. And interesting as well that you say at the moment, content count on producing any content, it's all curating it. That's really, really interesting. Um, in terms of your experience at content Cal um have you noticed any trends in on different platforms right now that marketers are using that you think are perhaps gonna become a big thing in 2021 or nothing to know um i mean there's this is probably an hour-long conversation in, in its own right to be honest with you um there is there's always trends and there's always new stuff right because I think the, the things that everyone will know, Instagram Reels is where all of the energy for Instagram is going to go. Your feed reach is going to keep on diminishing as a result of Instagram Reels. So if you want to maintain a presence on Instagram, you better get comfortable with Reels would be yeah. my kind of thought and trend. Um, audio only. We've spoken about Clubhouse already and <laughs> shock horror has come up again. Um, audio first social networking is a very interesting one. Twitter are in the space with audio spaces. Um, yeah. Yeah, they purchased that social podcasting app called Breaker, which is interesting to see what they're going to do with that. 
There's also apps that have existed in the space but haven't gained media popularity, but they have much more users. Um, uh, an app called Discord. So that's a big audio for social media networking app. It used to be just for gamers, but now it's kind of opened up for everyone. And of course, we've got the the, the media's um, darling, which is which is Clubhouse. Um, but that's a really interesting one. Um, and is the trend and there's a lot of investors betting very heavily on audio first social media networking um so going beyond the screen so i'm fascinated to see that to be honest um yeah that, that's probably what i say because i could waffle on for ages but they're the probably two things that are most significant to note thank you no that's really interesting and i i wonder if like you mentioned discord there which is something i've used a lot quite a few years but I almost don't even see it as social media. It's like, oh, it's just Discord. But actually, I wonder <laughs> if the popularity on there will increase as people realise what you could do on Clubhouse. You can almost do a variation of that on Discord. Um, on the topic of Clubhouse, <laughs> um, do you think that we're going to see more, especially like in how we use Content Cow and how we plan our strategies, do you think some of these spontaneous conversations that happen on audio first social media are going to be uh, become a much more integral part of social media strategies i'd like to hope so um because i mean we've already seen this through through stories and lives because they're all done much more in the moment however um there's always a balance right and we were talking about this before we started recording which is you know you and i have been on clubhouse quite a bit and Ultimately, we, it's, it's a gamble as to whether you're going to consume any content that's actually good. Because if someone yeah. has truly gone unprepared, you know, really, do I want to listen to someone that hasn't prepared what they're going to say? Not particularly, personally. No. And it's the same as like whenever you watch a, a, like a live and someone goes, hey, guys, I just thought I would go live. That's basically <laughs> a precursor to say what you're about to experience is going to be nonsense. Yeah. So, um, and it just feels like you know, yes, spontaneity is good, but spontaneity needs to have a structure. God, I sound so boring. Like, um, <laughs> but spontaneous marketing needs to have a purpose and a reason. It needs to tie back to a strategy. So basically mm -hmm. in answer to your question, yeah, it, it does. And that's kind of where the developments of content Cal is going to go into thinking about how you can have your much more kind of spontaneous moments of connection through different platforms but how they can all make sure they kind of transcend from a strategy that yeah. underpins everything there's a reason for doing everything you know so um yeah that'll be my answer excellent thank you for all of your answers today these have been really really helpful and i think people who are looking to build their strategy and hone in on their audiences and figure out what platforms they should be using and where they should be focusing their attention going to be able to get a lot from what we've covered today just to round things off i want to ask you a question do you know what your first tweet was um i honestly i i don't think i want to know what that was <laughs> yeah I'm, I'm slightly nervous of my digital footprint so uh, <laughs> I, I i don't know all all i know it was is probably talking about one of my first business ventures which uh, failed so yeah oh, no. <laughs> Um, and have you got, putting you on the spot here, a fun fact you could share with us that maybe we don't already know from your social media presence? 
Uh, yeah, you won't see this on on social, but uh, I used to be a professional musician and I used to be a, uh, yeah, um, have a record deal and be in shops and stuff. So when you used to actually buy CDs, so that was that was me back in the day. So I was a drummer before in a uh, in a professional band. So that was fun. But yeah, that was in the past. That's really so. cool. <laughs> You should talk about that more. Um, okay, I'm going to go stalk you after we've recorded this. Um, finally, have you got any exciting announcements coming up and where can our audience find you on social media? Uh, you'll find me predominantly on uh, LinkedIn, Andy Lambert. So, uh, yeah, always very active there. So that's fine. Um, and exciting announcements. Uh, today we just announced... Uh, Instagram direct publishing, so fully automated Instagram publishing. Yay. Super excited. Um, and what's coming down the track is um, a, a really highly developed um, social media customer care app that we're developing within Content Cal. So people that want to run uh, their customer care teams on social media. Um, so that's called Content Cal Respond. That'll be out later this month. And then we're going deep into social media analytics as well. So that will be following down the track so uh yeah exciting busy. yeah busy but exciting i'm particularly interested in the statistics side of things i love data Thought you might reports be. yes <laughs> <laughs> um well thank you so much for coming on the show today and Pleasure. we'll include your social links in the description so if you want to check out andy go scroll down and have a look and yeah thank you so much again absolute pleasure speak to you soon bye all right bye Brilliant. Thanks for that, Becca. Uh, next up, we've got some social media news. Um, Becca, what's happened uh, between now and the last time we did a podcast? So first thing, Instagram are limiting the reach of TikTok posts shared to Reels. Lots of people are repurposing their TikToks into Reels. The content types are very, very similar. And it seems obvious to just upload them to Reels as well. Now you need to be aware that if you do this and your content has the TikTok watermark, you're, uh, you'll be limited in reaching new audiences. So there are tools and we'll leave some in the description of our recommendations to help you remove the watermark if you've recorded it directly in TikTok. But a way to get around this, if you can, is film your content just in your phone camera, first of all, and then adapt it using TikTok's built-in features and the Instagram Reels built-in features. Sticking to Instagram, they are planning to launch a multi-participant live stream very soon. So during all of these lockdowns, um, going live on Instagram has become a very popular way of sharing content for creators on the platform. At the moment, it's just one-to-one, -one, but soon you'll be able to invite up to three guests on with you. And then it'll be exactly as you are used to, so you can comment um, and you can ping people in throughout the interview as well. And finally, Clubhouse. So Clubhouse is the up-and-coming audio-first social media app. And Facebook is reportedly uh, developing its own Clubhouse clone, which is no surprise given Facebook's history of copying features from other platforms. So um, it's important to keep an eye out for that along with Twitter Spaces, which you can actually see in action on your Twitter feed at the moment. If you follow people who are um, testing it, 
you can join in and listen and have a look to see how it compares to Clubhouse. That's all the news. Wow, Clubhouse does seem to be hitting the news quite a lot recently. Um, I'm going to bring that into uh, my segment now, which is three fun stats. And it's uh, kind of linked in with our uh, build, uh, finding uh, our audience. And I'm really keen to know the kind of audiences that are going to end up using Clubhouse. We still don't really know that. Um, this section is where I introduce three fun stats that Becca doesn't know anything about. And she has to guess them before I reveal them and maybe talk around them. And today the theme is going to be on Clubhouse. And I'm going to tell our listeners a little bit more about why that is at the end. Um, but first off, Becca, Clubhouse is a very, very new social platform, um, but uh, not as new as I thought it was. I thought it started, you know, end of last year. Actually, it didn't. Do you remember or know when Clubhouse actually launched? July 2020. <laughs> July 2020. So that would make it kind of eight months old, uh, maybe a little bit more. Uh, not far off, though. April 2020. So it's still less than a year old. Still younger than a year. Can you believe that? Uh, April 2020. So that's fact number one. Um, I, I, I got two stats for my next one. Um, I say two stats. I don't know which one is true, but I'm going to go for the bigger value. Do you know how many registered users there are? And that is at, as at middle of February 2021. I, I'm sure it's going to be vastly different by the time this podcast publishes. On Clubhouse? On Clubhouse. How many users? Registered uh, users, yeah. 500,000? 500,000. It was actually 600,000 in December of 2020. Mid-Feb 2021... Six million registered <laughs> users. Well, okay, wow. I think the other stat is the two million stat. I think they may be segmenting as active users and registered users. So, uh, but 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 at least six million people have have signed up. Um, whether or not they're using the app is probably another question, <laughs> or know how to use it is probably the bigger question. Um, and finally, its value. Uh, it was recently valued, um, and what what number do you think in dollars? Um, what number do you think it was valued at? I'm terrible at questions like this. Remember, it's only nine months old. Maybe maybe towards ten months. Yeah, but Elon Musk was on it recently. Elon Musk was on it. <laughs> Whatever he goes near <laughs> turns um, to gold. Well, it's not Bitcoin. Yeah. It's just a social media platform. <laughs> Uh, like $5 million? $5 million. Um, <laughs> do you remember what Instagram was? I th I'm sure this is, this is right. What Instagram was sold to Facebook for? I used to. I used to have that fact ingrained in my head and it's gone. <laughs> so Facebook bought Instagram for a billion dollars in 2012. That is the value of Clubhouse now. <gasps> really? Yeah. Yep. Well, I know, crazy. Um, a billion dollars already, nine months old. Uh, the, um, that is the power of a new social media, or maybe it is Elon Musk. Who knows? Um, <laughs> and it's your three, your your three fun stats already. So every episode, we like to give a shout out to one of our sharing social community, and this month. I'm excited to present to you Ray Hanwicks. 
So Ray has been to many of our meetups, both in person and online, and has actually delivered two talks and been on a panel, I think, for us. Um, and he is your go-to guy for content creation. And actually on that note, Ray is our podcast editor. So big thank you. Um, if you'd like to get in touch with Ray, then head over to Twitter. And his username is at underscore simply create underscore. So go say hey and tell him you sent us. Brim, thank you, Becca. Okay, so what are we spoken about on today's podcast? Well, our big focus and our theme was about identifying your audience on social and which, pl- which platforms are going to work based on things like age, location, uh, maybe even gender. We're also considering the message and the audience's intent before you start doing anything. We spoke a little bit about some of the data and where to find and data and, and do your research. Um, and also, we've focused a little bit more than we thought on Clubhouse. Um, Twitter and Facebook having their own kind of clones. Actually, Clubhouse may be around for a little bit longer. And if you want to know more about Clubhouse, if you are on Clubhouse, there is an event I really want to highly recommend to you guys. It's every Wednesday at midday, where Becca, myself, and our special guest from an interview, Andy Lambert, will be on Clubhouse hosting a room and talking all things about audio first social media. If you want to get involved with us and the podcast and be on the show, go to our website at sharingsocial.co.uk. We'll be back next month where the theme is the biggest challenges faced on social media and how to overcome them with our very special guest, Rihanna Ford, co-founder of Alesso. Follow us on social. Twitter is sharesocialldn and Instagram is sharingsociallondon. Becca and I will see you then. Mm-hmm.